You are listening to the Share Life Podcast. This is a podcast series about living the gospel by providing for those in need. Share Life supporters like you fund over 40 agencies that serve the most vulnerable in our communities, regardless of their background or financial means. In recent years, we've seen a sharp rise in incidents of anxiety, loneliness, and depression amongst our youth and young adults. The COVID-19 pandemic has made the situation even worse and much more urgent. Today, Share Life is privileged to have Amanda from Catholic Family Services speak with us about the mental health challenges affecting our youth. Amanda is a program manager at Catholic Family Services of Simcoe County, which is funded in part by Share Life through the abundant generosity of donors across the Archdiocese of Toronto. Hello, Amanda. Hi, David. Thanks for having me here with you today. It's a pleasure. Thank you for being here. As a program manager on the front lines, could you shed some light on why this has been the case? And more specifically, why are youth experiencing more than usual issues of anxiety and depression? Well, I think, I mean, we know for certain that youth are experiencing higher levels of anxiety and depression. Um, CAMH, which is the Center of Addiction and Mental Health, did a study on Um, what youth are experiencing specifically. And so they surveyed 600 youth across Ontario in that age 14 to 17 bracket. And they took a portion of youth from the community, but they also took a portion of youth who have um, looked to access mental health supports historically. And what they found was with the youth from the community, 39% of them uh, reported experiencing significant problems with their mood or with anxiety. And of those that it uh, came from, having experienced mental health supports historically, uh, that number jumped to 68% identifying issues um, with mood and anxiety, which is uh, not surprising, I think, to some of us who work in the mental health field, given, uh, you know, like you said, working on the front lines, working with youth in schools um, and in family settings, we're definitely seeing uh, higher rates of anxiety and depression across the province and the country. What circumstances or situations trigger these conditions in your mind? Are they pandemic specific or are they likely to pass over time? Or maybe are there other underlying issues that could potentially exist here? Well, I think when you think about rates of anxiety and depression in young people, there's lots of contributing factors or triggers for those pieces. Some of those things are things like stress, major life uh, event changes. Um, there's there's so many uh components to that. And when we think about the nature of the pandemic, so we knew that anxiety and depression was increasing in young people post or pre-COVID. When we look at it now in the context of the pandemic, um, when you think about all of the elements that youth are facing right now, things like uh, increased rates of loneliness and isolation, you know, not being able to connect with their peer groups, um, definitely shifts within the family dynamic as parents are experiencing increased levels of stress around, you know, managing finances. Maybe there's been a job loss. Um, uh, maybe parents are also experiencing some of that mental, those mental health components associated with the pandemic. It's no wonder that youth are experiencing increases of depression and anxiety, right? There's been a lot of change, a significant amount of change over the course of the pandemic, a lot of things starting and stopping, um, you know, not being able to connect with their peers as regularly as they would. And we know that that social outlet is a huge component for youth, even things like sports and recreation. You know, you think about 
um, how much things like hockey or soccer or volleyball or basketball help youth to manage some of the stress and anxiety that they would normally just experience given the dynamics they're facing in this age group. And uh, those things aren't happening, right? So there's no outlets. So I guess coming back to your question, David, yes, for sure, some of it is pandemic related. Um, and whether or not things you know, from a mental health perspective, resume or uh, become normal, you know, quote unquote, normal again, I think it's hard to predict, right? I think we're going to be looking at the impacts the pandemic has had on youth um, in the coming years too, right? It, it's not just going to fade away all of a sudden. Um, because it's the pandemic be goes away, right? That's right. Yeah. So Amanda, in addressing these uh, behavioral issues in our youth, what do you think are some of the signs that, um, parents or mentors should be on the lookout for when they're dealing with their kids on a daily basis? Well, I think it's important to recognize that mental health happens on a spectrum. And so there'll be some signs or symptoms that are just normal responses for youth, given the amount of pressure and stress that they're under within, within the constraints of the pandemic. But I think as parents, what we want to realize if things, um, you know, if things start to become uh, worse in the sense that they start to impact kind of daily activities, um, then we want to pay attention to those things. So kind of signs or symptoms of anxiety and depression that stand out are things like withdrawing, for example. So if they're withdrawing from their peers, from their family, they're not wanting to engage in the regular activities uh, they used to. Maybe they're eating or sleeping uh, too much or too little. Um, maybe we're having difficulty managing like regular tasks, right? Ma managing school tasks, getting things done. That's becoming a challenge. Maybe your kids are experiencing a lot of physical symptoms as a result of anxiety. So maybe they're complaining more about, you know, their heart is racing or they can't catch their breath, things like that. Maybe it's they're more irritable. They're more tired in general. Maybe they're crying a lot more, having more mood swings. I think when those things start to jump out or they feel, um, very different from normal behavior than as parents, it might be something we want to pay attention to. Yeah. Is the anxiety kind of brought on by isolation and loneliness above anything else? Definitely. I mean, I mean, we know that peer groups are a foundational component for youth, right? We need connection. I think as human beings, as human beings, we're pack animals in general. And so, you know, it's within our nature um, to want to connect to people. And so, you know, youth, when you think about all of the, um, you know, trials and challenges that youth face just, you know, in regular life. And then you throw a pandemic on top of that and you say, sorry, but you also can't connect to any of your friends. Right. That's, you know, that's, it's tough. It makes an existing problem even worse, I guess, right? It does, For yeah. Sure. What type of programs um, does Catholic Family Services offer in addressing these specific challenges as it relates to youth? One of the pro programs I would say we're most proud of is Talk Back to Negativity. And so uh, through Talk Back to Negativity, we go into high schools and we deliver uh, curriculum on different types of mental health issues. So understanding anxiety, we run a workshop called the Depression Discussion. We talk about the impacts of social media on their mental health. Um, uh, we talk about self-esteem, body image issues. And so we cover a large range of topics. And the idea is, you know, sometimes youth don't want to seek out support for themselves. And so through partnerships with the school, uh, we're able to go into classrooms and plant seeds and offer information and then in turn also build a bridge to the agency, right? So when you go in and you get to chat with youth, uh, we're able to build that bridge and, and um, create more, you know, safety in accessing services. When they've seen somebody, they know what the service is about. Right. That kind of thing. Right. Awesome. One of the things that we're frequently asked about on the fundraising side is impact. 
is there any any kind of yardstick that you can use to measure the effective effectiveness, I guess, of these programs within the uh, within the uh, the environment that you work in? Yeah, so we do our due diligence as an agency to measure outcomes. A lot of what we look to measure is increased levels of hope in our clients. And so when we offer a service, either through our counseling services or through stuff we do, uh, groups and workshops or in the high schools, then we definitely provide um, surveys and outcome reports to teachers, to students, um, to all of our clients accessing our services so that we can determine uh, the actual overall impact uh, the program is having on the client, and then we alter accordingly when we need to. So we're always looking to continue to modify programming based on need and what people are saying and how impactful the service is. That's fantastic. It's all based on results. That's great, yeah. which is ultimately what we're after, right? You know, our, our motivation to share life comes from the inspiration, um, seeing the generosity and support of everyone and how that generosity and support is being focused on the problems of everyday life. Uh, Amanda, I want to thank you for putting these realities into perspective for us. We're so grateful for the uh, wonderful work that you and your agency are doing in serving those who are distressed in these very, very difficult times. Thanks again, Amanda, and God bless. To support the many programs funded through Share Life, such as the one described today, please consider making a financial gift at sharelife.org. Thank you.